welcome to We Universe. We are the internet's comprehensive Wii U podcast. Each and every week we're playing a different randomly selected game from the Wii U catalog and we are casting our line and lining up our sights and taking these sons of bitches down once and for all. I am Husky Jerk Steve Guntley. Yes. Hello. Um, nature has gotten too cocky. <laughs> it's time for a couple Husky Jerks to take it down a peg. <laughs> this, is, this is a real like... Nerd boys' revenge on nature is the is the tone. I of this think that's episode. it. That's it. We're we're done being pushed around trees. Yeah, exactly. We got providing you. us with oxygen and sustaining life. Hey, water, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. How about that? We're coming for you. Animal Kingdom, thumbs down. No, no, no. Top of the food chain over here, yeah. unless like there's a lion nearby about to eat me or aliens. Yeah, yeah, that could be both. This week, alien lions. Alien lions. Oh my god, that's like the next Sharknado. Uh-huh. Like. Why I think I think people are going to come around. Like sharks are played out. I think lions are the new funny deadly animal. Okay, I yeah, like it. Let's say it or wolverines. Ooh, wolverines are good because there's a lot of syllables in that. And they just, they, pe- they peaked. Uh, they had their day in the sun in Saturday Night Live. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. They did. Uh, this is a bit of a weird episode this week, more so than usual for our weird episode. I mean, we have a lot of weird episodes. But, I would say uh, if eighty percent of your episodes are, is it possible that eighty percent of your episodes can be weird, or does that just become the normal? And yeah, the that's normal true. episodes are weird. Yeah, I think okay, but right. yeah, but at that point, we don't know what normal is yeah. anymore. Which which is, I mean, it is accurate. Yeah, we do not know what normal is anymore. We don't. No, everything's <laughs> fucked up. Everything's gone. Um, yeah, so. Today, it's unusual because we are going to be talking about games that we have already covered in the past. So a little bit of background on this, like we did the episode on our Cabela's hunting games a couple of weeks ago. At the request of our guest, we we pulled the episode. Uh, we felt it was a valid reason, you know, and we're not going to go into any more details on that. But like we did feel it was a valid reason. And so we did pull the episode and kind of internally, we've been debating on what to do about these two hunting games that we already covered. It feels weird because they're still on the I list like, every week. I like week. the way you said internally, like we have like a department of operations. And <laughs> you're do. like, okay, you're like, all right, Woody, we got an 8 a.m. meeting. Come in, you shuffle your little papers. You have like a little <laughs> whiteboard. It's like, all right, number one item on the to-do list. What do we do about these hunting games? Yeah. Because, yeah, they're on our list. We've referenced them occasionally. Some people probably listen to the episode. Yeah. Um, don't worry for those of you who didn't listen to the episode. It was very terrible. Steve and I just... <laughs> constantly like bombarded racial slurs over the whole time yeah but, we got to stop doing yeah, that so yeah so we, we, yeah, we're, we're famously we're, racist yeah we're turning a new leaf here um yeah but we we were kind of deciding like what to do it's like all right so do we do we just kind of like tack on a little recap of these at some point or like do we push this towards the end of the series so that like it's a little fresher and we can just kind of play them again and i think we just decided eventually like we should just kind of take care of this we'll talk about them again we won't go into as much detail as we did the first time, because we did already cover it and people did hear it. And then just for the new, for the people uh, who did listen to that episode, we're going to add another game on today. Which is probably which good. probably should have gone in the first time. Yeah, it, it makes is. a lot of sense to bundle it together. It came out on the same day. It was made by the same people. So today we are going to be revisiting Cabela's Dangerous Hunts 2013 and Cabela's Pro Hunts Big or Cabela's Big Game Hunter Pro Hunts, all terrible titles. Mm-hmm. And then we're also so going to be words. adding the game Rapala Pro Bass Fishing. Rapala is the correct way to pronounce it according to this game. I mean, that's how the guy pro- You had real issues with the announcer in Rapala's Pro uh I was about to call it Rapala's Pro Hunts. Yeah, Rapala's Pro Bass getting, Fishing. Getting them all confused. But you had real issues with the pronunciation. You're like, did he say surgeon? Did he say you you had took issues with how he said the word Lou, the name Lou. Yeah, he he well, I mean, he has this great like uh uh Don LaFontaine style trailer voice, but he just keeps repeating these same facts over oh and over gosh. again. And I still not think- not since Gex and his talk of Boy George's pants yeah. have we been so <laughs> irritated by constant repetition of facts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, let's just jump in and talk about this fishing game since dive, we're already kind of talking into about the it. Cool, cool water. The rap- swim, swim amongst of, of, our mm-hmm. undersea brethren. What was the lake we were of? Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, the, the cool, refreshing waters of Lake Minnetonka, it's which has to- a 123-mile uh, shoreline. Mm-hmm. It's popular for recreational boaters and, of course, anglers. And it's a home to several different species of fish, including the uh, the walleye and the crappie. Yeah, it was, bear in mind that this is a quote that the guy was saying, and Steve was reciting it from memory. Not to mention a 10-foot-long monster named Lou. Yeah, which is very impressive, considering 
I don't know. We played this game like a half hour ago. It's, yeah. It is definitely already escaping from the brain memory. It's one of those. It's one of those. But this game, Rapala Pro Bass Fishing, was released December 4th, 2012. Not a launch date, but not, or not a launch game, but not far off. Uh, this was developed and published by Activision, and it was also released on PS3, 360, PS2, Wii, PSP, and DS. Yeah, wow. PS, PS2 in 2012. Oh, wow. Uh, Rapala, a little bit about them. They are one of the world's biggest developers of fishing lures, and they've kind of grown to become one of the bigger outdoor equipment companies in the world. Okay. Uh, it was started in 1936 in Helsinki, Finland, by a fisherman named Lowry Rapala, who created the first floating minnow lure by taking corks and wrapping them with candy bar wrappers and uh, a little bit of film stock to make it like shiny and look like a fish. Started selling those. And apparently that's basically the same kind of formula they're using for their lures today. It's right. just like very lightweight material. They make them look more like fish now and they're not wrapped in candy bars anymore. But they, they are, they've they kind are, of kept the same design for 80 years. That was always a highlight for me whenever I would get a dragged along fishing, like to open the toolbox and find all those like fun, brightly colored uh, lures. They yeah. just seemed fun in the way that like a pack of fireworks seems fun. And Some the, of them had like motors or like the the weird little like uh, my dad used to use the clear, um, not the clear one. I'm I'm thinking of the marshmallows, like the scented oh, like marshmallows. Those always looked delicious. They looked delicious. They did not smell delicious. Did you ever? Did you ever like lick one. one? Oh I yeah, ate one. My brother dared me. I ate one. It tastes like cat food. It's real bad. <laughs> okay. Don't ask me how I know what cat food tastes like. My brother dared me to do that too. <laughs> okay. My brother, not a good guy. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, same thing. And again, this is a uh, diatribe, but my, my brother used to just dare me to do shit and well, I, would I mean, always do it. That is kind of the heart of a brother. Yeah. How, is your brother, how old is your brother? He's two years older than me. Okay. So uh, he, he, at one point my dad had his motorcycle idling in the driveway and my brother dared me to put my hand on the exhaust pipe, which okay. I did. And I burned my hand and my mom got really, really mad at me and she wouldn't believe me that I, I it was a dare. And I don't know why I thought that would make it better. <laughs> yeah. Like, I could have said no, yeah. but she just couldn't. I'm like, no, no, no. He, he made me do it. Yeah, you, you, you legally had no choice but I, to put your hand on this blazing hot thing. My four-year-old understanding of the law is very clear, okay? Yeah, yeah so, yeah. Anyway, my brother's a dick. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth, not to get too into brother, but I think this may be the first time I even learned that you had a brother. Yeah, so I yeah. think that goes to show that we, like, like he, it's not like a super close relationship. I'm not even like really exaggerating. He's kind of a bad person. <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, we'll talk we, off mic. Well, are we going to have to pull this episode too, Steve? No. <laughs> okay. He doesn't know how to listen to stuff. Um, yeah, so, okay, so the business, the Rapala, the business slowly grew uh, from little candy bar wrapper lures to 85 years later, the company has offices in Finland, the U.S., South Africa, Thailand, China, Malaysia, and has more than 2,000 employees worldwide. Wherever there's water, there's Rapala. Yeah, yeah, and then, I mean... There's like five places with water in the world, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty big. Uh, yeah, the company saw some of their most aggressive expansion in the early 2000s, and that's when they entered the video game market. Uh, the first game was Rapala Pro Fishing on PS2, uh, and that hit in 2004, which is already pretty late in the PS2 life cycle, but they're still making them for, for this game. Um, there have been about half a dozen games in the series, including some adapted for the Wii and Kinect motion controls. Mm. The most recent release was Rapala Pro Fishing uh, from 2017 on the PS4. Okay. And it's very confusing because if you look up these games on Amazon or something like that, they they all have kind of the same cover. Yeah. Like it's the same fish in the same background, but sometimes they're just the fish is just at different angles. Somebody so, just brought it in in Photoshop and basically put a put yeah. Put yeah. a, tilt, a tilt on there, 45-degree angle, and then change the number. Basically, it's, the Kinect version has, like, big cartoon eyes on the fish, but that's... That's how you know it's for kids. It, yeah, exactly. Yes. Like, and that's basically it. So, yeah, that's like... That's one it, of the great... That's always that's always a fun road to go down is animal mascots where the premise is that you eat or kill the thing. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, like, yeah. Like chicken restaurants that have, like, a little fun chicken mascot or something. <laughs> I always think of Adam's Family Values. I am a turkey. Kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we've talked about fishing games before on when we were doing N64. Uh, we talked about Bass Masters 2000 okay. and Bass Hunter 64, now, both of which were games that I think we liked more than we were expecting while yeah. still being pretty firmly middle of the pack. Yeah, I mean, let's let's go back to a simpler time when yeah. we were just wee, wee lads um, 
unaware of each other's brothers mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and playing Nintendo 64 games. What I remember about those games was just a general sense of like pleasantness. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a chill day at the lake. Yeah. And this, what I think this game does differently. And I mean, we'll get to this in a second is like, this is like competitive fishing. Yeah. And like those games, you're definitely like, you're just kind of, <laughs> you're conveniently out at many foggy lakes because if there's one thing the N64 can generate well, it's fog. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas this game, it's like you are looking to climb the high stakes ladder of competitive fishing. Oh, yeah, it's cutthroat. And, yeah. Literally, sometimes yeah, they have to cut those throats. Of, cutthroat bash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, like with other sports games, I mean, we've only talked about one other sports game so far, but yeah. this is a sports game, yeah. essentially. Uh, the biggest difference between the leap from N64 to the Wii U is that it's gone from like looking like you're watching a basketball game in real life to looking like you're watching a basketball game on TV. Yeah. That's kind of the big leap, and that's what we're getting here, too. It's like we're the other games we were fishing. This game we're fishing, but we're also watching fishing on ESPN. You know, we're, we're, uh, it, so there's lots of fancy chirons. There's lots of, uh, enthusiastic announcer. That's, uh, when the text appears on the bottom of the screen saying, like, uh, welcome oh, to Lake Blah, 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 Blah. I learned another thing today. Yeah, it's um, called a chiron. Yeah. So the, the start here is like, what are your mo? Well, I guess, sorry. I jumped oh, yeah. down a little bit. No, yeah. Honestly, like, this is a game that has no digital footprint. Uh, I couldn't find any kind of information on Wikipedia or on Giant Bomb or any of my usual sources that I go to looking for information. So basically, I've got what the box tells us and what uh, we got to learn from the game. So this game was invented by Jeremy Irons, was Jeremy the programmer Irons. for this game. He was. He, he, he was. He pursued a career in video game development and decided acting was maybe more his speed. Yeah. I'm saying maybe if we like pr- pr- create enough fake facts, we'll... People can no, put I think the that's Wikipedia true. Yeah, page on yeah. This. Jeremy Iron, he he uh, he went straight from this to Die Hard Three. I believe. <laughs> okay. Like uh, he he learned how to do his German accent from this game. Oh, so you're saying that this game was programmed in the '90s? It was and programmed in the '90s. They had to take a long pause while it. Irons was in like uh, Lion King and and Die Hard with a Vengeance and all that. They had to wait for his career to kind of tank again. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, I guess, kind of back. He was in Watchmen last year, you know, and he was good in that. So uh, I guess no more fishing games. Sorry. Oh, Sorry, Jeremy Irons. You dropped it. You so there dropped you go. The that was our fake Jeremy Irons facts section of him creating this game. Be but, prepared. Well, so this game, I mean, it's fairly, it, it looks clean and generous with the modes. Like, it definitely, it's an Activision game. Yeah. So you, there's a certain level. I was going to say polish, and then I remembered all the other Activision games we've played, and polish is definitely not the word. No, there's but there's like, a certain uh, uh, budget efficiency to it. Let's okay. say. That's that's what I'm looking for. Like EA, I look to for polish. Activision, I look for budget efficiency. Okay. Like how much game were they able to cram in here for as little as possible? Yes, yeah. And I, I think that this is maybe less fully featured than the fishing games we played for the N64. It might be. But we have we have a tournament mode where we go through different... It's like, like your career. It's like a career mode. We go through different leagues. Like the first one, you need to catch walleye. Then you need to catch some crappie, then some bass, and things like that. We also and... learned, as a fun fact, <laughs> that the world record of crappie is five pounds... Three, or white crappie is five pounds, three ounces. Now, which seems surprisingly small, but... I, I feel bad taking it... crappies. I feel bad taking this direction, but do you think that's bigger or smaller than the world record for a human crap? Like for taking a taking a oh white that's got to be that's got to be smaller. You think that's nobody smaller? can crap more than five pounds. I mean, I don't know. Like I don't like I have a bad I have a bad. Uh, uh, I don't really. You're have not good at estimating poop weights. Weights and measures of poop. Yeah, yeah not okay. not really good. I'm just curious if you, anyone's you, taken more than a five pound crap like right in. I guess. Oh yeah, you know your four. <laughs> you know fourteen inches, which reminds me, make sure you give us a bird report. Uh, we we really got to pad out this episode. Oh so yeah, we'll get yeah, a game yeah. and watch bird report uh, later in the episode. Yes, so stay tuned for I that. Played, listeners. I played bird. Don't worry, <laughs> I played bird as I promised. Uh, yeah, so th- we have a tournament mode, we have a free fishing mode where you just like float around your boat, go fishing. We have a two-player mode, which is just free fishing with another person. It was kind of cool. The two-player mode was kind of cool in its own way because you're both on the same boat, which I kind of like. I kind of like-, like that. The thing I didn't like, I mean, we're jumping around, but yeah. like the, the two-player, it, it plays just like the single-player, but Instead of going split screen, basically, when each person casts off, you see your boat and your two little avatars taking up kind of the bottom half of the screen. Yeah. And then your windows, when you cast off, are fish finders. So they look like kind of small, like, GPS trackers. So they don't look like 
a split screen window, they look much smaller and harder to see than that. That's true. There's... Which is like you don't really need to be seeing anything, I guess, other than like if you have a fish on the line. Mm-hmm. But it's still, it's like you're, you're wasting a lot of screen here because there's a big gap in between the two fish finders. Like it, it is also surprisingly odd that I, I mean, I didn't have a problem with this mode, but it's weird that there's no competitive two player mode in this no, game. No, nothing. Where you. When you do, yeah, when you play two player, it's just free fish, so it doesn't even track how much weight you've gotten or anything like no. that. It's just like, all right, catch whoever and then make your own fun. I mean, it does kind of replicate actual fishing of just like go out and then you catch it and you're like, oh, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What am I doing with this fish now? Now, I'm um, pretty sure this game is just a straight up port of the Wii game. Uh, uh, it's, it's just called Rapala Pro Bass Fishing yeah. 2010. Uh, so I think it's just kind of the same game as that. Uh, the Wii feature, the Wii U features here are pretty minimal. I mean, I think you can, by this point in the show, I think we can tell when features have been kind of tacked on. And it's yeah. usually because, oh, your second screen, it's a map. That's it. It's okay. a, That's basically what this is. But Though they, I will say, like, for a fishing game, having your second screen as a map makes a lot of does. sense. It does, it does, yeah. When, when you're actually out fishing, you know, in, in a somewhat outfitted boat, you have a screen there, like, that pulls de- that goes up from the water that you can look and is your fish finder. Yeah, yeah. And so that sort of replicates that feeling. Yeah, and that that works well enough. Uh, you do get to control your, the speed of your boat a little bit by using the touch screen, but it is easier to use the the, the R trigger to accelerate. And actually, and you manually have to steer the gamepad to drive your boat. Yeah, like you, you can't you tilt you can't the gamepad right and left. It, yeah, it doesn't even let you use the joystick, which is just very odd. Like literally, the joystick you can't. Use, it does yeah. nothing while you're driving, which is just very, very odd. It makes it very easy to hit things with your boat. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, the, the the tournament mode, when we jumped in, it's like, yeah, you all set out. You have a time limit to go out and catch as many fish as you can. And uh, yeah, we were driving around, uh, steering the boat until you find a good spot. And then casting took a little bit of getting used to. Yeah, this to. mechanic was not clear like you you set out like this little ring like a little casting ring and i guess you're supposed to be aiming your throw for that yeah and then casting is you have to hold the trigger on the game pad here's where shit starts falling apart a little right because like you said this game feels like a port from the wii yeah and they're reincorporating a lot of those mechanics like i feel like golf games and fishing games had a little bit of like i don't know how many fishing games are for the wii but i feel like they had like a momently momentary resurgence of like Hey, a this is very intuitive for the way this controls. Yeah, this makes perfect and B, sense. And be a mode. bunch of old people own this thing, so there might be a market for this. Exactly. And so the idea of okay, we're going to keep these motion controls that worked very well on the Wii and felt good, mm-hmm. and put them on the Wii U feels weird. Like you have to have this giant gamepad and then tilt it does yeah. not replicate <clears throat> a feel of casting a fishing rod at all. Oh no, not at all. So Are that's we, yeah, we in again. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, uh, kind of the mechanic, like the, this this thing that feels so intuitive when you have a fishing rod shaped controller feels a little less intuitive on the gamepad, and the action is more like I, I likened it to like closing your laptop. Like you you hold up the gamepad, you're holding the trigger, and then you like lower your gamepad and release the trigger at the same time. And if you if you really put any kind of mustard on it, it's gonna say like too fast, too fast. So like you don't want to jerk your wrists or anything. You just kind of want to set it down. Yeah, which is a little weird. It just it, it, we never quite like the secret seemed to be to just always put the cast distance at like eighty feet. Yeah, because that was just consistently what we would cast. And then they would be like, "Great, you you cast the same distance that you set your target for." Right. And exactly. so as opposed to casting harder or softer, you just set that. And so that mechanic didn't work all that well not it doesn't really. it doesn't really affect like it says that you get a attract bonus if you cast the actual distance you set to yeah but you it's still you can still catch fish even if you cast too long or too short you can yeah and now you played with the the wii mode when we were doing multiplayer mm-hmm. does that feel better yes yeah it, it, it's much more pleasant and that that's actually that's i would say that's the transition here to talk about what i would say is i guess the major mechanic of this game yeah because this is always the difficulty with I mean, not that I've programmed. I'm no Jeremy Irons. I've not no, programmed no. a lot of fishing games. But I imagine <laughs> the hard part of it is, like, how do we turn fit? Like, what's the mechanic that we have for fishing? Because you need something to feel like you're involved in the game. That you have... It's it's your complaint with football games. You yeah. need something that feels like you're in control, you're making a difference, and the way you play impacts your success in catching a fish. Yeah. And so what they do here is they're really based around... Um, and I think this is probably accurate to way like lure fishing is done in general 
of you want to move your lore in a certain pattern and a certain rhythm and a certain way yeah. to make it look like a real fish. And so the way they do that here is they kind of have like a little rhythm game mechanic. Yeah, they call it uh, coaching. Like, and you can turn it on and off at any time with the X button. But basically, you get a little reticle shaped like the L. I think what you turn stick. on and off is just the thing that sort of push. I think the the mechanic still exists. Yeah, it just doesn't show you which way you're supposed to be turning the joystick. That's it. That's it. it yeah, it, it's it's like. Yeah, it becomes this weird kind of rhythm action game where you get music that swells up when you're pressing the buttons in the right time. Mm -hmm. And it takes a bit to get this pattern right because it's like the stick will show left, so you press left and then you reel. And then it goes in the center and you let go and then you reel. And then you press right. and Yeah, so it takes a little bit to get used to. And you press Y to switch up your lure's action and it'll give you a different you pattern different to start options. to match. Yeah, which I think that this is a good idea and a good premise. Yeah. I don't think it's very well executed because the rhythm itself is not intuitive. Like, it just kind of, it's just kind of pointless guitar noodling. And Kinda. so you, you have nothing to stay on tempo and it seems very unforgiving. It is. Like, I wish that it could sort of I don't know. This game has no tutorial mode. Like they explain these mechanics in game, but they don't really give you a chance to practice them and show no. you when you've done it, done it right or done it wrong, which I think would have been very welcome. Yeah. I mean, I guess if we'd started with free fish or something like that, instead of jumping right into tournament, we could have gotten a better. Hey, but we got first place in that tournament. We did. We got yeah. first place. Which was, it was exciting. This is that was this, evenly balanced. Yeah. This is a thing that I, I have learned as well. Um, after playing so many of these games, is make your first level very easy. Let any yeah. doofus get first or second. Like, so we played so many racing games. We play the first level, and it's like eighth. Yeah. Eighth, and it's like, come on, guys. You got to ease us in here. And I appreciated that here of, like, we caught two fish and got first place because it was the rookie first lake. We got seven pounds and, of fish, and, so and like, everyone okay. else only got five pounds yeah, of fish. We can try. we can try the next level. Um, yeah. And so once you finally, like, catch a fish by jockeying this lure around, the game asks you to, you're basically moving the or tilting the gamepad one way or the other to keep the fish uh, in the center, keep it from breaking the line. So right. as it, like, swims over to the right, you'll turn it left, and then, I don't know, it says, like, you, keep the fish in the center. Yeah, you get, like, a small frame that you want to keep the fish in, yeah. and then if he pulls in one direction, you need to stop reeling and then tilt in the opposite direction to wear him out. And then just kind of keep up that rhythm until you bring him into the boat. And the same thing that happened with the N64 games happens here, which is like, you're playing this game, you're like, all right, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. I caught a fish, I caught a fish, fuck, oh, yeah, 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 I got it, yes! Okay, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. <laughs> like, yeah, the, these games really live and die in these little bursts of, like, fish activity, which I think is probably the appeal of fishing in real life, yes, too. very much so. Yeah, so it, they, it gets that sense right, I think. And it, it is pretty fun when you actually hook and land a fish. I wish... Um that they, I like the way you you pointed out that on the bottom of the screen you can see your fisherman or fisherwoman. I don't know if that's your fisher person, fisher person, Fisher Price. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, your Fisher Stevens down yeah. there tilting their Wii U gamepad. No, not really. They're moving their uh, their fishing rod depending on how you tilt the. Yeah, gamepad. they're they're it's like little action figures that are mimicking your your movements. And I wish they had taken that a little farther because that model is very small. I wish it had got like a more cinematic camera angle, like a Brian De Palma split screen thing, sure. where like you can see the fish struggling one side and the whole other side is your character model. Um, and maybe, like, you've got buddies on your boat, like, go, go, yeah. cheer, man. Or, like, they, they have to strap you into the boat, like, in that movie Serenity. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, I don't know, because I'm not crazy about the way the camera, as soon as you throw your lure in, is just all at the lure. Yeah. Like, is it's very bland. This is not, like, a great-looking game, but it's not an awful-looking game, but it's very bland underwater. It and looks it like be, a game of its era. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice to have a little more, like, outside environment. I don't remember that being like as much of an issue in the N64 games. I, I no. kind of remember you would just go throw it out and then you would stay at your own camera. Pretty much. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. We were really, we're really scraping for things to talk about here. It's true. They're uh, really, they're just, there isn't a whole lot to say about this game. Like, uh, and I think fishing more and more, like you're going to see fewer and fewer dedicated fishing games because most games just have some kind of fishing mini game or mechanic in them. Yeah. Like at this point, it's just kind of ingrained in the uh, video game language. So, like playing a dedicated fishing game, it feels 
it, it just it feels like uh, half a game to a certain degree, like even when it's the whole focus. Like you get a lot of customization options here. We can get you know, different uh, Rapala lures or uh, and and boats and and which costumes. which is welcome. Like that's definitely a component of any fishing game that you want is to be able to open the tackle box and like choose the lures and um, that will attract bigger or different fish. I'm sure I, I imagine that as you get into later elements of the tournaments, like you have to catch specific kinds of fish. Yeah. And so there's maybe a little strategic element there. Maybe you like have to catch some of one type and some of another. So you would want to change your lure at some point. Yeah. Um, I don't, it's hard. Like none of this is necessarily bad. No, just, no, there's like, this is a, this is a solid kind of programmer, you know, this is like a, a, a middle of the road, like, if this is your kind of game, like this will work fine for you. If you like fishing games, I think this is probably a decent one. Um, I had a decent uh, I had a decent time playing it. I, I felt like it had some weird quirks with its interface and with its controls that weren't really effective. But I think overall, it's solid for what it's I guess trying to this do. this made me want to play a fishing game on the Wii because yeah. I had just in the the little short time we played the two player mode. I had a much more pleasant time playing it with the Wiimote. It just felt more pleasant, more natural. And like the movement, instead of trying to stay on rhythm by uh, flicking the control stick different directions, you would just sort of hold the Wiimote up and then hold it forward and then sort of tilt it down. Yeah. And so it, it just felt like a rhythm and movement that was more natural to actual fishing. Yeah, a more natural extension of the of the real thing. Yeah. And so I this game was like, okay, if you're really into fishing, there might still be interest in... Like, go track down a Wii fishing game. Like, I'm sure there's a fun one on there. Or get your uh, Sega Pro Bass Fisher on Dreamcast with yeah, your awesome exactly. controller. That's one of the best. I, that's the only way I play Soul Calibur. Really? Yeah. yeah. See, Cervantes I can Cervantes see with the fishing pole. That's, 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 Is that, see, I can't even tell if you're joking because I feel like that's something you would do and would, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would, like, there was the, I have not done that. Oh, but damn. I, I know there was a video of somebody beating Soul Calibur with the fishing pole. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Well, uh, okay, that's a little bit. Of, uh, that's all we have about Rapala. Yeah, I, I guess fishing, I also really. wish there was a little more modes, like compared yeah, something to else. not that we've played a whole bunch of fishing games, but compared to the N sixty four ones, I remember there was like a couple modes where you would like try to cast to specific targets. Yeah, um, which was pretty fun, and it would be nice for this like a mini game type of thing here. I will say, like, the low point of this game, I think, is that the cast mechanic is just not clear and doesn't work very well. No, yeah, they could do a bit much better job explaining some of these <laughs> And, mechanics. like, that seems, like, minor. It's like going to complaining about, like, the kicking game in Madden or something. But, like, with fishing, like, cast is about 50% of the act It's of kind fishing. of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's so. most of what the gameplay is. All right, let's talk a little bit about these hunting games. And I'm, I'll be going a little faster through it than we did the first time. So apologies if you missed that episode the first time around. I'm going to try and get the substantive bullet so, points yeah, in here. It's, but a we- it's a weird feeling, but it's, like it's a strange some of these place things to had a kind of escaped from my mind. They were a little different on the replay than I remembered. And yeah, but I would say for the most part, exactly the same. Yeah, I think my opinion of them has not changed. Um, so a little bit of background of hunting games. Uh, first kind of first time we're really talking about this genre on this show mm-hmm. compared to like N64. Oh, that's true. Um, no hunting games on the N64. The earliest hunting game was called Quack, Q-W-A-K, exclamation point. It debuted in arcades in 1974, and it was a light gun shooting game created by Ralph Baer, who nice. is the creator of the Magnavox Odyssey and uh, also called the father of video and, games. And the Care Bears. And the Ca- Did he commit? Oh, <laughs> no. no. Yeah. I, for Sorry. a second, I That's thought... That's a it. very stupid joke. No, because, like, in my head... The, and like, the Gummy Bears. The, the real thing is that, like, um, uh, the guy who created Atari... Nolan Bushnell. Nolan Bushnell. He also created Chuck E. Yes, Cheese. Yes, that, that, that's so a like, fun fact I like to drop on. That people. does feel like an extension of that, yeah. So uh, Quack was kind of a commercial flop when it came out. It sold about 250 arcade cabinets, but it did make the news about a decade later. If there is any of those still out there. Yeah. I wonder. Probably in the museum or something. Yeah, in a museum. But like a decade later, this got into the news again because uh, of a lawsuit between Nintendo and Ralph Baer over their Zapper light gun that they used with Duck Hunt. Uh, Ralph Baer was alleging that they basically just kind of took his technology from Quack and I, put it in the game. I have a question for you, Steve. This is like a ma- ma- uh, Mandela, <laughs> Thank yeah. you. a Mandela effect question. Okay. Um, how many players is Duck Hunt? Oh God, it's two, right? No, it's really only one. Duck I Hunt there is was a, a one-player game. There's not a two-player mode, like where you. I, I... Oh, okay, okay. Hold on. 
Yeah, it's, there, it's, there is it's, a two-player mode. You can't do in two sense. simultaneous guns. Yes, I yeah. had always thought for a long time I thought you could connect two zappers to oh, an NES system. I see. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that, you're yeah, right. See, it, it is two for the purposes of the bullshit two-player modes that a, they had for it's NES. It's the same way original Mario Brothers is two-player. Like, yeah, yeah you, if you have one controller, it's two-player. But to but, me, yeah. that always struck. That was like my uh, my Berenstain Bears was the when I got a zapper set up more recently. I was like, wait a second, there's no two-player like simultaneous gun games for the nes yeah i don't think so no there's no. not it's somewhere for some reason that technology doesn't work that's i mean yeah yeah that's crazy i didn't know that um but yeah so the uh the the yeah the that the duck hunt uh is basically like a more arcadey version of what quack was going for sure. and that was more of a shooting gallery thing but it, it did still kind of establish hunting as like a light gun genre or like yeah. a gun game genre and I think that's where the genre has really thrived. We had more kind of hunting sims come out in the late 90s on the PC, games like Rocky Mountain Trophy Hunter, Deer Hunter, Redneck Deer Hunting, and then the first Cabela's game, which was Cabela's Big Game Hunter. Uh, and these were these were successful. They found their niche. But uh, the big success was in 2000 with the release of Big Buck Hunter, which is an arcade light gun game that is now kind of synonymous with like dive bars like yeah. anytime you or go an, into like a axe, good old the local dive axe bar, bar has one here oh do they really yeah. i haven't been in there yet yeah, yeah that looks fun uh but yeah it, it's just kind of like a bar room favorite and there have been other variations on the cabela's has their own like it, it's big a, buck hunter style game it's very good like it's a it's not a like i would always be drawn to like gauntlet legends or mortal kombat 3 in the arcades initially but now i've really grown to appreciate uh Buck Hunter, because yeah. you put in like two bucks, which seems seems expensive for like. Also, it's a pretty good day hunting. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. You put in eight quarters. There you go. Um, and you play with another person in like the alternating mode. You get like ten minutes of gameplay out of that thing. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. Like that is good value for an arcade game. And if you're not into uh, hunting deer at this point, like most of them have some kind of zombie game attached to them, mm -hmm. or you know, there's there's usually something to keep you entertained. But they're like a cool balance because they are, you know, they are a light gun game, but they have the cool, uh, fun to hold shotguns. Yeah. And the mechanics of them is like you need to shoot a specific animal, like. You shoot a buck, but you can't shoot the female buck. So yeah. it really asking you to like once you see what you're aiming for, you really go for it. But you need to you can't just go wild the way you can with like a uh, Virtua Cop or something. Yeah, it's uh, so yeah. It, I mean, it is odd that the uh, hunting game encourages more restraint than the cop game. It does. <laughs> oh my yes. god, it really does. <laughs> yeah, like like uh, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of like fishing, like. Hunting is just sort of an element in most like third person action games at this point. Like, even, you, yeah, I feel like once open open world just made that even more so. The yeah, case. you you hunt, you you gather pelts, you craft things out of the pelts you hunted. It's kind of a standard part of video games now. Uh, one like kind of dedicated hunting game that I actually put some time in on uh, between our original recording and this is a uh, it's called The Hunter Call of the Wild. It's kind of a next generation game from Avalanche and it's on uh, Xbox Game Pass and kind of cutting ahead to what we thought about here. But this this game, The Hunter, is kind of the game I thought these two Cabela's games would be. It's sure. kind of a, a straightforward hunting simulator where things like uh, uh, the noise of the underbrush like matter and where you you identify like footprints and, and droppings and like track animals based on those. Yeah. Very quiet, very uh, peaceful, pretty pretty cool little game. Um, I actually think I'll spend a little bit of time. I haven't even unlocked my Bloodhound yet, but you get a Bloodhound oh, that helps you hunt things. And Yeah, so, I mean, if you're going to play, like, a dedicated hunting game, that's probably the one to do. And, I mean, it's worth noting here, like, the two games that are both these Cabela's games that we have grouped together because they're both Cabela's games, but they're real different games. They are, like, yeah. Which is kind of cool. Like, I appreciate that they're both sort of weird approximations of hunting um one of them is a very like liberal definition of what hunting means oh yeah yeah it's just... i mean it's interesting to talk about these cabela's games too because cabela's you know if, if you're from the midwest you definitely know the cabela's they're they're kind of like the the hunting ikea you know it's always been they're the ra ra rapalas of the midwest they are hunting it, it's like a big event when there's a cabela's store opening you know for for people around where i grew up you know, it's just like this big hunting retail chain. And they started making video games back in the 90s. They made 13 different games. I believe the second one we're talking about today is the last one that they ever made. Okay. But, like, they had a bunch of them, and they had little subsets. So, like, we have the 
the more arcadey kind of big game hunter. We have the the pro hunts, which is a little more serious. Uh, and There's then, like, like weird like survival ones. There's this weird Wii one where like you're in a plane that crashes in the Arctic. Yeah, yeah. like extreme hunts, and yeah. there's a four by four racing game that they did. So huh. there's there's a lot of different things under the Cabela's banner. So you have room for like a more realistic sim versus like an arcadey thing, and that's right. kind of what we got with these. Which let's jump into yeah. these. The first one of these is Cabela's Dangerous Hunts 2013. Released December 4th, 2012, same day as the uh, previous game, Rapalus. Uh, developed by Cauldron and published by Activision. And this was also released on the PS3, the 360, the Wii, and the Windows. I'm sh- I'm not going to make a joke about it, but I'm sure that in the past I've made a joke about developed by Cauldron. Yeah. <laughs> Some sort of like Eye of Newt type of garbage. That, that would be. I mean, I think that's what they made it's it with. T- it's a time to be introspective. And so I've been thinking about what dumb jokes have I jumped on in the past. <laughs> Looking back at my history of making dumb jokes. Yeah, exactly. I often wonder about the dumb jokes that have gotten past me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cauldron is based out of Slovakia and based on their very, very poor quality website. <laughs> they specialize mostly in making hunting games and like military skewed first-person shooter games, as well as some far-right gun fetish titles like Soldier of Fortune. Like, oh, sure. A... Does, does Soldier of Fortune still exist? Like, that that, that series oh. has been dead for a long time, right? Yeah, I don't think there's been a Soldier of Fortune game in a long time. Yeah, I don't okay. know if the magazine still exists. That seems like... Oh, is that a magazine? Is that what it that's was based what it, on? That's what it was based off. Soldier of Fortune... Is, is it, like, for aspiring mercenaries? It is. It literally is. Wow. Yeah, it, it's, it's, for, uh, it's for gun nuts and, like, militia types who, like, really, like... It's not just for hunting and recreation. It's you're getting guns to defend your land from Russia and Got whatnot. So, yeah, the the games that they made in the Soldier of Fortune series were always very over-the-top violent. Like, right. I, I think I remember one of the first PS1 games that was making a big deal about being able to blow off someone's kneecaps, you know? like that Yeah, was like a, different body parts would, like, get damage models differently. Right, yeah, which, which was kind of the big hook that kind of kept those going for a while. So yes, Cabela's Dangerous Hunts 2013. Uh, absolutely not the game I was expecting when I first booted it up. This game is wacky. It is crazy. Like, I I thought all of these Cabela games were going to be just kind of like the Hunter Call of the Wild. I thought they were going to be dry, straightforward hunting sims with a little bit of, like, gun safety. And, and if they have a story, it's going to be all, like, Heartland, Flag Wave, and Americana kind of stuff. This is, like, a straight-up wacky soap opera about two brothers... They're, they're on a hunting trip in Alaska in the beginning. Their father is killed by a rogue bear. And so one brother goes off to be a <laughs> conservationalist, and the other brother goes off to be the world's greatest deadly game hunter to get revenge on the bear, I guess. Yeah, that's literally that's, that's such a feel of this game is like animals fucked up your family. What are you going to do about it? Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Like... Even, even with one character, your main character being billed as a, a conservationist, he's he starts the game like arriving in Uganda where he's going to be the new park ranger at like this wild refuge. And and you think like oh okay this uh, maybe this is a park conservation sim you know you you thin out the herds that need to be and you make sure the food and resources are going where they need to be no this is this is a uh, uh, it's like a shmup it's like a, it's like an endless bullet hell type game except I mean it, it's a first person shooter it's a first person shooter you're just but like it's there's waves s- and waves of endless it, cougars and leopards it and buffalo feels gross like I this is it, like where am I we're just talking about Soldier of Fortune but like. We play. Steve and I have played many a violent game. I sure. think most of the time it doesn't bother me very much. No, um, no, but there's something about like these levels that are like these on rails. You're in a jeep and you're just like in a whole stampede, and it's just like yeah, mow down these wildebeests because as like, many as you can. Most yeah. of the time, like occasionally, like rhinos will like run at you or tigers are jumping at you, and you're like, okay, I guess I can I can justify this to myself. But so many of it is just like animals that are kind of next to you. Yeah, and yeah. It's kind of like running around, not really doing anything. It's like, yeah, take them out. There's really like, no subtlety to this one. It's just point and click. It is, it is. Fire your gun into as many living beings as possible until they stop being living. For and some, for some reason, we are not going to worry about uh, collecting trophies or using every part of the animal. These animals will disappear the moment you shoot them in the heart. Uh, but all you got to do is just keep mowing them down. And it, yeah, and it is just goofy because like it stays under the guise of hunting like after yeah. your jeep is sort of knocked over and you've just mowed down tons of animals your guide's like well i gotta take a couple hours to you know repair your jeep consider this your hunting your hunt starts early and it's like i just like took out an entire herd yeah yeah there, there are 
thousands of corpses yeah. out there because of me and my handgun. Is, like, this, is this what hunting is? Okay. The the vibe, I, I, I mentioned it the first time we recorded this episode, but like the vibe of this game is very much like like that Simpsons episode where everywhere around you, people are loving knives. Like yeah. this is the gun version of that. It's, it's, there is no job that your gun can't solve. Like it's good to have your gun or a variety of guns with you at all times. <laughs> and guess what? You can buy your guns at Cabela's. Yes, like, exactly. It's got that kind of vibe. But I think just having that brand, like a brand that's very associated with like outdoor recreation, which most people are pretty, I think, I think most people who are into that are pretty conscientious about stressing the safety elements mm -hmm. of, of hunting and yes. like the, the, the conservation and all the, all the good arguments that there are for hunting. Mm -hmm. This game doesn't really focus on those. This game is not concerned about that. This is about shooting. Yeah, it is. It is an odd thing. Like, I guess it makes sense for, I mean, Cabela's to have their brand here because they want money. Yeah. But also it's going to appeal to another subset of people who might be interested in Cabela's. But yeah. it is also a little weird to have like a real brand on something that is so divorced from reality. Yeah, it would be like yeah. if Tony Hawk lent his name to some kind of like absurd skateboarding game where you could like run, just run around and rotate like hundreds of times in the air. That sure. would be crazy. That'd be insane. Who would yeah. do that? Who would do that? Yeah, so I, I think for a game that focuses so much on shooting, the biggest failing that you can say here is that the controls are absolute garbage. They're They're, absolute garbage. Every every option seems to be a little worse than the last and one. There are a lot of options. I'll, can, I'll give them that. Yeah, like, you can play with your gamepad, which is just it's intrinsically very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, on your gamepad, like first person shooters just feel wrong. I yeah. guess we're just so used to the way like an Xbox 360 controller feels or something, having both of the sticks close to each other, mm -hmm. but it feels very odd. You can use the Wii Pro controller. That's which, probably your best bet yeah, if you just want to play the game. Much more yeah. natural. Um, but any of these, uh, a recurring theme is the crosshairs do not seem to line up with where the gun is actually looking. No, whether or not you're using the motion bar or not, yeah. like it, it seems to be struggling to align. Um, yeah, and then you can use uh, Wiimotes in mm -hmm. a couple different ways uh, with the nunchuck to aim, or you can point it directly at the screen. Yes. Um, which is probably the most hellish way to play. Yeah. Even though it should, I mean, that's what you want for this game. Like, that's what would make this game fun is if it was just a dumb shooter that you could use the Wiimote for. Yeah, use it use it like a like a Time Crisis or like a goofy arcade light gun game. Like that's that's when it should work. And I do have a gun peripheral. I've got the Cabela's branded like rifle which is honestly it's a little fun to put together because you have to like snap all these pieces into ornate places yeah. and like fit everything in. But once you get it all fit in place, like it just doesn't work. Like it is because this game requires you to both aim the the aiming is not even the biggest problem it's the moving around that's the biggest problem right. you have to you have to point your Wiimote to look around to the edge of the screen if you want yeah. to turn right you have to push it all the way to the edge all the way to the edge and then you have to walk around with your nunchucks so if you ever have to do a quick turn go fuck yourself buddy. <laughs> yeah. you can't do it uh you know and just walking around and aiming with any kind of precision is just a nightmare and i felt like ultimately the gun controller is the worst way to play it yeah when which, it should be the most fun yep agreed and it, it, it is totally inaccurate too like there's no sense of where you're actually pointing is where you're actually pointing no i mean it is you know you have crosshairs so that gets around it but it just yeah it doesn't feel good you know so and there's the main story mode and then we have like a manhunter mode which is kind of just like a free-for-all shoot for for multiple people yeah, um, an arena thing yeah usually it'll yeah it's it's way but it's based. you against the animals yeah you, of course you'll be attacked by a whole bunch of lions and then sometimes they'll ask you to go repair a radio while one person fights off lions and uh yeah no fun <laughs> and then the closest thing this game has to an option that i like is the shooting gallery mode which is that on has, rails. That has two different it modes is, in it as well. It There's is two different like modes, yeah. The standard shooting gallery mode where you just are on rails and you just mow down animals as much with no no semblance of a story or ethics. No, no. <laughs> and yeah, and you you move past checkpoint gates by getting a certain number of kills mm -hmm. and like it's fine. It still has the same issues with the aiming just being really sloppy. So you're not gonna have too much fun with this. The other weird mode was what was it called? It was, it was called reflex mode. Reflex mode. And, and I it, feel like this is the highlight of the game. Not that I mean it's it's not worth the price on, of admission. No, on a graph, like the highlight is still like at maybe like negative two. Still pretty low. Still pretty low, but it's I think the most fun part of the game. Yeah, basically you're it, it, again, it's on rails. You're put into this environment teaming with different animals. 
And this time you're given like a pattern, like it'll show you a boar, an alligator, and then another boar. And so you have to shoot the animals in that order to get the maximum amount of points. You can shoot them out of order and still get points for staying alive, but but that's kind of your little sub goal. And if you hit that, then you can kind of free shoot and just kill everything. Get as many points as you want. Get as many points as you can and then move on. That to me, like that's the most representative. It seems the most reminiscent of the arcade games where you are, it's just very fast paced because this is all done in like, 10 second little areas Mm -hmm. where um, and then the game will sort of put you back on rails and start again. Um, But it's I think it works well. And there is a weird control mode here that we discovered that we didn't. I don't think we ever knew. last. I don't think we played with this last time. If you play using the game pad, there's a touch. You play as a touch screen. It's like it's like a DS mini game, which is weird. Like. It makes you crazy accurate. Yeah, uh, it's it definitely also the most easiest way to play it's it. It's definitely the easiest way to play it. It also, like, you're so accurate, it's kind of not fun. Uh, the, the, the act of touching a screen is a much less satisfying one than, like, pointing a gun at a screen. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, it works. It's just not terribly satisfying. This is the, the section of the game that works the best out of all of it, but... Um, yeah, didn't like this game before. Still don't like it on replay. Yeah, uh, it's just a it's just sloppy mess. It's just totally crippled by the controls and the lack of accuracy and how no matter how you're going to spend a lot of time trying to configure it to a way that you like, and then you're still not going to like it. Yeah, no, and not at all. I I would almost forgive like I would almost give it a plus of this totally silly bonker story that you do. If I remember correctly, I think like the last level is you you literally go into the lion's den and yeah. like, face the kings of the jungle. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, it's just I like mean, such an anti like. There's a huge laugh for me when you meet your your brother. Like when you see you see the brother in the beginning as a teenager, and he's like this tow headed little moppet. And then when you meet him again ten years later, he is this weird Aryan tank with this crew cut, and like his shirt is bursting open. And he just he looks like such a ridiculous like stock action movie character that I had to laugh. Yeah. Yeah, so like if the game worked at all, it would be like weird and could, campy. Yeah, you could you could yeah. call it like a good bad kind of game. It just doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to our last game today, Cabela's Big Game Hunter Pro Hunts, released March twenty fifth, twenty fourteen. Also developed by Cauldron and published by Activision, and also available on PS three, Xbox three sixty, and Windows. Uh, yeah, so Big Game Hunter is Cabela's kind of flagship franchise. Mm-hmm. Like they've got the su- like the Pro Hunts or um, Dangerous Hunts is rather is a spinoff of this. Got it. Uh, Pro Hunts marks the last game in the franchise, at least for now. Um, the subseries is always kind of focused for more of a more of a realistic sports based approach, uh, but they still make a stab at realism by uh, it's degraded a little bit, but. They do have a stab of realism by including four real-life hunting professionals who appear in this game as themselves. The pros here are uh, Wade Middleton, who produces videos for Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops, Jim Shockey, who's a Canadian television host, and Ralph and Vicky Ciancerulo, who are America's favorite hunting couple and the host of a couple of TV shows. And uh, they have some unpleasant Twitter presences. I'll I'll just say that. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Yeah. It should Um, surprise no one. Yeah. In this this game is much more in line with what I thought the series would be, yeah. which is more of a dry hunting simulator. Mm-hmm. Uh, much drier this time around than I remembered playing the first time. Yeah, it was surprising. Like I think that maybe the first time we played it, we were so turned off by the previous game. Yeah, that this one felt like a breath of fresh air in terms of actually like treating the subject matter with some respect and maturity. And, and I mean, looking at but, our rankings, we still didn't think this was a good game. But yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think this. I is, do think it's better. Yeah. yeah, this is definitely better than the other one. But um, it, it it you really the mechanic here is just kind of. There's four different sections of the U.S. You have to start in the southeast, and you just kind of wander around mm-hmm. looking for animals. And I think what this game is, I think what this game does well, is it gives you, it makes the shooting very satisfying. Whereas the previous game, like it feels very sloppy. Like here, each bullet, you feel like this really needs to count. Yeah. Um, there was a funny moment where as soon as I, I just. I handed the gamepad over to you to, after playing around a little, and you immediately just accidentally just shot off a bullet. Just immediately <laughs> yeah. fired the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which playing. is why you should never give me a real gun. Yeah. Uh, I'll just immediately take it and fire it into my foot. Yeah, but it, it was like, oh, wow, like that 
gunshot feels like it has impact and like you really want to take a moment to think about the shots that you're lining up. Yeah. Because when you do finally like find a crowd of buck or rabbit or something around, you got to move real slow because they got long range vision and they will run away if they see you. They run away. They spook so easily. Mm -hmm. Like you, you really don't even have much time to kind of like get your sights in, you know, and I think the game does penalize you if you hit a doe instead of a buck, and so you need to be close enough to be able to tell the difference, mm-hmm. uh, but it's still it's And difficult. close enough to really line up the shot, because if you don't hit an animal in one of its like super vulnerable areas like the heart or the head, mm-hmm. um, it'll just ru- run away. Like It'll get shot in the shoulder and just run, and then you have to chase it or try and get it from a longer distance at, from the back, you manage to shoot a buck right up its butthole. Like it's directly up its butthole, I and <laughs> It's right up its butthole. And we know this because the game goes like super bullet time. Anytime you fire a shot, you follow your bullet in slow motion. It tells you the trajectory and everything. And then we see an x-ray of where it's hitting the deer. Yeah. And I feel really bad because I went right up the butthole yeah, with but this deer. I wasn't trying to. It looks it looks great. Like yeah. that... that the bullet coming out of the gun and like it shows like the velocity and the angle that it goes out with like these cool little meters. It looks really cool. No, like, yeah, it does. It's the same thing as like uh, with with the fishing game. It's like you, it's boring, boring, boring. Oh, well, I got to fire the gun. This looks awesome. And then boring, boring, boring. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that the part is hard that I don't remember struggling with so much the first time, but I did here is you just don't quite have enough tools to feel like you know where to go to track things down. That was my big problem. Like. Again, just uh, I'm going to keep mentioning it, but just coming from playing Call of the Wild, you that game lets you track like you find tracks on the ground or you find spore and you you look at it and then you'll be able to kind of the game will show you will write spore. Exactly. Some nerd was playing this over here. (laughs) This game didn't quite live up to the hype, did it? Most forests are just littered with old pornography and copies of spore. Yeah. 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 Uh, But yeah, you you get like a, uh, a path like showing an illuminated path showing you where the animal went. Yeah. Uh, and this game, you don't get that. You, so you do are... like once you shoot something, and there's like a blood trail, but yeah. like to find it in the first place, you don't. But and your goal ultimately is to not even leave that blood trail. It's just to take the animal out as quickly and painlessly One as possible. Shot, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can like track it down and like collect your trophy eventually. But yeah, I found we were just kind of spending a lot of time wandering around, hoping to find something. But the more you wander, the more noise you make, and the more you spook things away. So, like, unless you want to climb up into a blind or something and just wait, that's not a very fun game. Right. That's you, not a very you, fun game. You found the the most success by restarting restarting your spawn yeah. point, which is a technique I don't think real hunters have access to. I don't think they have that option. No, no. They just have to be bored the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, the, you know, the, the game kind of operates. There's this four-quadrant structure where you start in the southeast, and then once you beat enough animals here, there's, like, a boss animal, and then you can go to the next region with a different pro kind of coaching you through it okay uh but uh, we never really got past the southeast just i don't know uh i i i don't know it's just really boring it's It's a really boring game yeah it's a similar there's much less action than there is in the fishing game which if that's the bar you're trying to clear you're in trouble yeah um but i do still appreciate the idea behind this game because it's new it's still new to me. Like I don't play a lot of games like this where no. like the whole premise is just patiently waiting and then really trying to land the shot. And I do think that this game succeeds because the shooting looks so good and is satisfying, but it definitely like, like you said, if you're playing the hunter, like that just seems like, okay, I actually want to play a better version of this. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Cause I wish this game was more generous with the animals around and I wish it looked better too, because yeah, this is a game where like, you know, Paul, big part of the appeal of hunting is you get to be out in these beautiful wilderness locations. And you need to be able to identify subtle movement yeah. and know that it's not just like textures popping in and out. Yeah, you it's know? just a lot of brown brush. It's very difficult. A lot of brown brush. Pull out what is the buck and what is the doe from piles of brown brush. It's true. It's true. And you can't really see a deer penis from far away, you know? You just can't. Is that That's what you're supposed to be looking for. Yeah, that's right? that's why we play these. Yeah, yeah Cabela's yeah. is actually Spanish for deer penis. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I should have known that. Yeah. Hopefully we don't get sued by Cabela's now. <laughs> um, yeah, I that's... think we would get sued by the creators of the Spanish language. Oh, probably, yeah. probably, yes. yeah. The Italians, you know, right? Exactly. Yep, I don't know. That's right. Same language. I learned that from The Simpsons. Yeah, Spanish, mm-hmm. Italian, same thing. No. <laughs> 
Uh, I think that's about it, right? Yeah. I think we, I think we, I think we I covered it. I, I mean, we, we, we talked about these games more than... I wish that we had lost an episode that was a game that was fun to talk about. Yeah, that would be more fun to go back and revisit. Yeah. Like, oh, dang, I have to go play Shovel Knight again. Yeah. Gad zooks. Uh, all right, well, let's move on to our rankings. Uh, we're going to keep our hunting games where they were. Just, yeah, still uh, feels good. Of parody. Um, but the fishing needs to find a good place on this list. Um, so currently, my uh, Cabela's Big Game Hunter Pro Hunts is at number 12. That puts it below Book of Unwritten Tales 2 and above 007 Legends. And then just below 007 Legends at number 14 is Cabela's Dangerous Hunts 13. It did edge in higher than SpongeBob SquarePants, Epic Mickey 2, Walking Dead, and Turbo, uh, which still feels right. So we played garbage. a lot of crap on this yeah, show oh so my far. God. Uh, for the Rapala's Pro Bass Fishing, it's it's a pretty big wet shrug of a game for me. It's fine. It works. It does what it says on the tin. In that sense, it kind of puts in the same league yeah, Steve as... Steve got the tin Chromebook edition. I did. I, day one, baby. <laughs> yeah. Day one. Yeah, this puts it kind of in the same league as FIFA for me, so I'm putting it just underneath FIFA 13, number 11. Oh, FIFA was fun, man. I don't know. I FIFA, don't know. FIFA, like, stuff happens. People kick balls around. FIFA did nothing for it. FIFA is a more fully featured game, which is why I'm ranking it higher. It's, yeah. it's more of a game. It looks better plays better but it's still just not for me well i will tell you after playing cabela's big game hunter pro hunts i wish that i could lower it yeah from where it was previously yeah uh but you know there's more important things in the world to get upset about um we'll just have to try and play better games try yeah and push it down yeah more. exactly yeah. yeah i do i do actually really wonder like we we haven't been doing this podcast for that long even though it feels like an eternity with the wii u <laughs> i wonder like this section of cabela's big game hunter where and below mm-hmm is this going to be like going to be our middle? This has got to be like our bottom half, right? Like I feel like I I do. I'll be feel so like, depressed if that area is the middle of our. I do feel like podcast. we've just been kind of coincidentally drawing a lot of stinkers. Like I yeah. think there are better games. Than All this. right. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll play one next week. But I'm putting uh, the Rapella's fishing right above the big game hunter pro hunts. Okay. It definitely scratches a similar itch of pretty boring yeah um yeah. if you're on the lookout for a pretty boring game check hey. these out but and if you're looking on, on the lookout for a pretty boring guy over here this guy yeah he's yeah. steve is pointing to himself yeah that was two uh, thumbs two, with two thumbs who's got two thumbs and is pointing at himself in a non-visual medium yeah exactly um yeah it's that has a little more action going on but it's not a game i would rush back to though i would like i was like ah vision games on wii yeah kind of fun with yeah. the Wiimote. absolutely with wii u not as fun not as fun not as fun we have uh, one letter this week. Uh, this one says, Steer Steve Woody, esteemed guest, question mark. No guest today, sorry. Still working out the, the guest foibles. Thanks for gamely wading through the Wii U catalog. It's always an enjoyable listen, and so far confirms my feelings. <laughs> and so far confirms my feelings that I didn't miss anything by not investing much on that platform, especially as most of the best games were ported to Switch. And speaking of not Switch Game ports, and Wario. And speaking of Switch ports, why not consider a few episodes looking at those? Let me expand. As a Nintendo fan, I'd missed out on so many games that I'm just now discovering, like uh, Doom, The Witcher 3, Diablo 3, XCOM, Subnautica, Stardew Valley, Dark Souls, Okami. Those are a lot of good games that you just named. I'm guessing your fan base might also have missed out on these games and would like to know their background and maybe which ones are worth picking up on the Switch. Might also provide some respite from the likes of Turbo for you. Just a thought. Anyway, keep it up. Great podcast. And that is from Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. I like the idea. I like the idea of, you know, I I would love to get to talk about these series, uh, which also leads me to segue into we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash ultra64pod. We are looking at different series, like entire series. XCOM from, would be a good one. I've ha- I have XCOM on the list. I yeah. think that'd be a really fun one. Uh, Doom would be a fun one to go through because um, that one's had some weird iterations. Mike, but yeah, check that out. Where we you can you can vote on which series that we're covering. We're about to wrap up Metroid this week. Actually, we will have wrapped it up by the time you're listening to this, and then we're going to be going into Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. So, yeah, uh, sign up for the Patreon. Chime in. Let us know what series you'd like to hear us cover. I like that idea of talking more about Switch games. I can tell you now, play XCOM on the PC. Yes, um, definitely. That's that's your number or one on thing. Or on PS4. Yeah, um, it works well on PS4. Yeah, the Switch ports of in-depth strategy games seem rough. Um, yeah. But 
I think that anything that prolongs how the amount of time we have to spend talking about Wii U, <laughs> I'm not a proponent <laughs> of. <laughs> I want to we're, we're grind through this series. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting through it. All right. Well, now we have an exciting other section. Oh, Steve, yeah. will you give us the bird report? Oh, the you, bird you report. You thought I was going to take it in a different direction. No, no. Got to give the bird report. Bird, uh, for those who uh, missed it, was the one mini game in Game and Wario that we didn't cover last week. We just uh, kind of ran out of time. Uh, but I did, I played through, I unlocked it, and I found Bird. And Bird is delightful. It is a, uh, uh, it, it, it's a little side-scrolling, it's not even a side-scroll, it's kind of, it's a Game & Watch game, basically. Yeah. Like, uh, so your your gamepad looks like the LED display of a Game & Watch game. Which, which is, is very cool. Cute. It's the only game in Game & Watch that looks like a Game & Watch game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then if you're looking at the TV, it's this very cute little 2D claymation uh, representation of it that looks really nice. Basically, you are a small landbound bird with a tongue that shoots out at like this forty-five degree angle. I learned that this guy is named Poyoro or something like that. And yeah, he's he was... kind of interesting because I assumed he was some like weird Japanese character that they put because I he first appeared or I first encountered him in WarioWare for GBA. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, is this some weird like? Nintendo Arcana that I've never known because it was like a Japanese only thing and they put it in. Yeah. Because it feels like an old game, but it's like, no, this is a character that was invented for WarioWare specifically. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Each WarioWare game, he's had his own like little mini, weird mini game that's usually like the last thing you unlock. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the case here. And yeah, you just, you shoot your little tongue out at a 45 degree angle, you snatch fruit out of the air. If the fruit hits the ground, it destroys a part of your uh, environment, which gives you less room to maneuver. And you have to eat a white fruit to make a little angel fly in and replace the uh, missing land. Uh, Very cute, very addictive. I I spent more time on it than I was expecting, just because once I got into the flow of it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is is bringing me back to old Tiger LED game days, which I I had a lot of when I was a kid. So So the the, the takeaway is... Cabela's game still boring. Yeah, Game and Wario still cool. Still good. Still, still good. good. I like it. I like it more. The more I think about it. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, we have one more important section yeah. to get to. The most well, important. The section. most important section. Steve, you want to lead the reins on our Prince Valiant section? Oh my goodness! Can I get, I, do I get to read this one? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I think this is where we are. If we remember correctly, uh, Prince Valiant and his friend uh, had just captured a sort of dragony dinosaur creature and they have gone back to their swampy homeland all right they're heading back there's a bunch of guys fighting and uh to guarantee peace the exiled king keeps his men fighting trim after his (laughs) regular morning lessons they're they're uh, a bunch of young men exuberantly fighting with swords prince valiant starts on his perilous mission alone through the torturous maze of the fens he threads his way towards the mysterious fire that burns where no human soul should be a change of wind brings the cold gray fog in from the sea. So on, soon the whole world seems wrapped in the fog's embrace. Oh no, they've fallen into a Nintendo 64 game. <laughs> Val still pushes onward in the direction he thinks is right until darkness forces a halt and the presence of danger makes a fire necessary. It looked, I thought they were like cutting off because it's presence of danger and then a, a hyphen. Mm-hmm. Like I thought there was going to be danger us or something or he was being oh, interrupted. Oh, sure. No, it's just cutting to a next panel with a fire now. Uh, but far out in the quaking marshes are eyes that glitter angrily at Val's intrusion, and a hideous destroyer is sent to discourage the visitor. <gasps> Next week, the witch's son. Whoa. Ooh, we're getting some witch action here. We're getting some Prince Valiant wandering through some fans. That was a, that was kind of like a that was like a transitional episode of Prince Valiant. Like, it was we're getting ready for the next story beats. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're literally just him walking. Also. Time. I realized that they call Prince Valiant Val. Yeah. Do you think that Val Kilmer's real name is Valiant? Oh, God, it is must it, be. Because Valiant Kilmer's a pretty awesome name. Oh, wait. I wonder if it's like... I want to look this up while we're talking. Bam, for a second, because I, I, I'm curious, because I think I read that it's like Valentine, which is also... That is also a pretty a awesome cool name. name. But I guess Prince Valentine would be like a name of a Hallmark movie? Yeah, Prince. yeah. Let me see. He was originally born... No, his, his name is Val. It's not short for anything. It's his name is Val Ed- Edward Kilmer. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. We've yeah. learned so many interesting I've, things. I've learned from Val Kilmer's name to the total world record rate of a white crappy. He he also <laughs> ran for governor of New Mexico and uh he now he doesn't do stuff anymore because he has really bad throat cancer. Yeah. And uh, uh he speaks through a, a voice box now. Oh. But he's sad. making art 
and uh, apparently still kind of an asshole, oh, <laughs> as he, he always did, was. He just wrote a book, too. Did he? Did, yeah, yeah. Uh, autobiography. Did you watch the uh, thing about the doctor making of Island of Dr. Moreau? I did, yeah. yeah. Lost Souls, yeah. Crazy movie, crazy movie. All right, well, we've All right. gotten we will very wrap, far off track. We will, yeah, we will, we're in Val Kilmer talk I now. apologize for this episode, but this is... You know, I, I apologize for nothing. I thank everyone for their patience. We were all in this together, and due to our own, like... It's important to Steve and I that all of the things are collected, all of the games hey. are talked about, and so it's just something we had to do. Whatever else you can say about us, we have integrity. <laughs> uh, next week, uh, we're going to mix it up. We're going to go and do something a little more fun than this week. We are going to play We Fit You. We are going to be uh, getting physical with the Wii U version of We Fit, which was a massive phenomenon yeah. for like a brief period. It's called We Fit You? We Fit You. Yeah, we f- it's, the, it's the a game, t- the it's game a, sends people out to take your measurements. Yes, they bring you a suit. They send it through the mail. If you don't like it, they'll say you can send it right back. Finally, the next gen version of Mario sweater we've been dying yeah. for. Uh, yeah, so we fit you. We're we're gonna get in shape uh, About time. with with video games next week. I'm excited. All so right. uh, tune in for that. We will see you next time. But dust off those balance boards. Play along. Play along with us. Uh, I don't even know if this one uses a balance board. We'll find out. Bye, everybody. Woo. Goodbye. I can make a living from walking in the woods You can bet I'd be sitting pretty good High on a hill, looking at a field downwind If I can make a nickel off of turning in bass Never worry about the price of gas I've been wheeling and dealing and sitting there reeling them in Hunting, fishing, loving every day that's the prayer that a country boy prays. Thank God he made me this way. Hunting and fishing and loving every day. Early in the morning, late in the evening, I'm getting red dirt rich and flit a river paint. Hunting, fishing, loving every day.